Welcome to Tanakh Daily, a Congregation Ahavas Torah initiative. Today we will explore the 22nd Perek of Sefer Shmuel, which opens with David on the run. He realized at the end of last Perek that he could not find refuge among the Plishtim, and so now he takes cover in a cave, the cave of Adulam, which is located in the territory of Yehuda. And then hundreds of people flock to David some of whom are his own family members, likely feeling threatened by Shaul, but most of them are these outcasts of society, the dregs of society, criminals and people escaping debtors, and they come and they make David their leader, and they're going to prove quite loyal to David. And this is a moment that reminds me quite a bit of Yosef. Yosef, in the Torah, is an Ishmatzliach. Whatever he does, he seems to be successful, no matter how dire or desperate a situation, it seems that Yosef ends up making the best of it and emerging on top. When he goes to prison, when he's in the house of Potiphar, when he becomes the viceroy of Egypt, everything that happens to Yosef, he just manages to distinguish himself from other people. And the same is true for David. David is living in a cave on the margins of society, and somehow he gathers together a small melucha, a small uh, kingdom uh, over which he can rule. So it's almost like he's destined. He can't even escape the kingship. It, it just, it follows him. It finds him. And it's such a stark contrast to Shaul. After the Perak tells us a little bit about David's uh, travels and where he's gone, and I'm skipping over some of those details here, the, the focus shifts to Shaul. And Shaul here is, we find him surrounded by his most loyal advisors and officers. And Shaul is, is giving them a, a, a little bit of a, a critical speech. He's telling them that he's very upset, that nobody told him about the deep relationship between Yonatan and David. And nobody told him about the vow that was made between Yonatan and David. And, and he's feeling betrayed by his people. And Shaul tells him, do you think that if David is king, he's going to give you large portions of land? Do you think he's going to make you officers? Meaning, Shaul is, is telling these people that they better be loyal to him because they're not going to get this great treatment But but if, if David becomes king. But for us as the reader, what we're meant to understand is that Shaul secures the support of his closest advisors and all of his officers by bribing them, by giving them uh, great lands and, and, and great positions. And so David, on the one hand, is in a cave. He has not a dollar to his name, and he manages to attract this huge flock of supporters and allies and Shaul, with everything, right, everything at his disposal, he's the king, is, only manages to secure people's love and, and, and affection and commitment by bribing them. So it's this great contrast. Once you, once you recognize that the parak is trying to do that, you see this very crisp distinction between David and Shaul. In any event, Shaul is telling the men that he's so disappointed that they're protecting David. Whether it's true or not, it's, that's not clear to us. But what is clear is that Shell is growing increasingly paranoid and is going to darker and darker places. And then Doeg Ha'adomi pipes up. And he tells Shaul that he did see D- David in Nof. He wants to appease Shaul by giving him some information, showing, showing, David, showing Shaul that he is committed to him, that he is loyal. And so he gives him this piece of information that David was in Nov. Last parak, you'll recall, David went to Nov. He went to Achimelech, the head of Nov, to ask for bread and to ask for a sword. And he did so under the, the pretext that Shaul had sent him. And in that context, uh, we are told kind of ominously that Doeg Ha'adomi saw him. 
And here we pick up with, with all those threads of the story. So Doeg tells Shaul that Achimelech provided David with food and weaponry, and he adds, this is false as far as we know, the text didn't tell us to us, that, that David also um, was Vayishal uh, Lo Bashem, that David asked um, through Achimelech of God, which presumably means that he consulted the Urim Vitumim. And that is already an even greater, a different level of betrayal. If Achimelech not only provided him with some food and a sword, but were, was willing to consult the Urim Vitumim for him, something that's generally reserved for a king, so that would be, be kind of the highest level of treason. And of course, Doeg does not tell Shaul that David tricked Achimelech into doing these things. So he, he takes away that very critical detail and he makes matters even worse by inserting this idea of, uh, of having consulted the Urim Vitumim on behalf of David. And so he really sets up Achimelech here uh, for, uh, for what will ultimately result here. Shaul confronts Achimelech. Achimelech, of course, defends himself. I never consulted the Urim Vitumim. I never uh, sought God on his behalf. But uh, Shaul's mind is made up, and Shaul commands his men to kill Achimelech and the Kohanim of Nov. Remarkably, his men refuse. And so Shaul then tells Doeg to do it, and Doeg is the one who ultimately kills Achimelech, as well as 85 Kohanim of Nov, in addition to all of the inhabitants of the city, man, woman, and child, as well as the animals, the donkey, the oxen, and the sheep. It's this horrible, dark moment, a, a terrible massacre of innocent blood. And what's fascinating here is that it stands in stark contrast to, and I think it's meant to invoke, an earlier episode. And that is Shaul's attack on the Amalekite city. There, he was supposed to kill these people, who we are meant to understand were, were bad and backwards and, and a terrible, immoral society. He was supposed to kill them, man, woman, child, and animal, but Shaul's men uh, pushed back and they wanted to spare the animals and ultimately Shaul is convinced to do so. Here in Nov, Shaul is killing a city of innocent people, not just innocent people, but Kohanim, so the priests, I mean, much, much, it's, it elevates the, the level of the sin. And he also kills man, woman, and child and animal, meaning he doesn't fail this time in killing the animals. This time he goes all the way. And he does this despite the protest of his own men, right? Initially, his own men weren't willing to do this, and yet Shaul persists. So last time, he was pushed uh, in the wrong direction by his men. He was pushed to spare the animals. This time, he doesn't spare the animals. He kills absolutely everyone down to the last animal, despite the protest of his own men. So these stories are parallel and obviously opposite, and they show us Shaul's, uh, the, the depths that Shaul has fallen, and it shows us by connecting these two stories, it also shows us how Shaul's error in the moment of the of the Amalek story ultimately leads him down this very dark road to ultimately committing this terrible act of, of barbarism and cruelty. One of Achimelech's sons is able to escape. His name is Eviatar, and he runs to David, and he tells him exactly what happened. And here we get yet another, and this will be our final, very important contrast between David and Shaul. Because what, what does David do upon hearing about the slaughter of Nov? David takes immediate and full responsibility. He tells Eviatar, this is my fault. Even though he tried to protect Achimelech, right? David could have made an excuse, well, I didn't tell Achimelech in order about 
the nature of what I really what was really going on because I wanted to protect Achimelech, so I kept him in the dark. Also, of course, David's not the one who actually wields the sword and kills the people of Nov, and yet, right? So he he really could have said this is Shaul's fault or this is this is uh, Doeg's fault. He could have pointed fingers, but David doesn't do that. David takes the blame. Unlike Shaul, who constantly looks to blame others time and again, fails to take responsibility, David does take responsibility. He owns up to his faults, and it is his ability to accept blame that will prove essential to David throughout his lifetime and allow him to grow from mistakes unlike his predecessor, Shaul. That's it for today. Chazak ve'ematz, and happy learning.